G'day everyone and welcome to another edition of Tuesday Night Live brought to you by Crowcast of course. Lots to talk about this week and joining me of course is Peter so without any further ado let's get straight into it shall we. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Tuesday Night Live, this last day of lockdown in Adelaide, 27th of July, of course. Uh, Good day to everyone who's listening to us from interstate. We hope you're keeping well and uh, not suffering too much. And for those of us in Adelaide, we can all just breathe a collective sigh of relief, I think, as we return to somewhat normality tomorrow. And uh, speaking of normal... Peter, how are you going? <laughs> uh, that's a very, very nice segue, Fiend. How are you? <laughs> Pretty good, mate. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, as people can you tell by the, uh, by the beard, I've, uh, I've let things go <laughs> over the last week and a bit. So. You, said that, you said that because you know that I am one of those characters who can quite easily just uh, mooch along in lockdown and it not really affect me very much at all. So Just another day for you. Just You don't another- mind. It doesn't, you know, these sort of, they don't bother me at all, these, these ones. But I know that people such as yourself, the more, uh, shall we say, active mind type people, um, <laughs> you're probably feeling it a bit at the moment. Well, I reckon I've put on about 10 kilos and uh, my beard's uh, grown to epic proportions. <laughs> and I've got to straighten up tomorrow because I've go, got to go back into the office. So never mind. Hey, look, good day to everyone who's joined us on Discord um, and also those who have joined us on YouTube. Of course, you can get around us on Tuesday Night Live and join in the chat by getting in our live studio audience on Discord, sticking up your virtual hand, and we would love to hear from people, wouldn't we, Peter? Certainly would, and um, Tuesday night is the time to get in and uh, and have a chat to us. We'd, uh, we'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, mate, what do you think of the weekend? Give, give me your, uh, I think there's a bit of an editorial coming up here, so I'll clear the decks. And, I better uh, be careful, I don't drop out then. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's what usually <laughs> happens. <laughs> it usually happens. I'll, keep, I'll make sure I keep moving my mouse so it uh, doesn't have to be a game. Yeah, there so. you go. Oh, look, it's a, you know what, Fanny, it's a real tough one, isn't it? Because, you know, there's going to be, it's one of these, that it's a really, really divisive, issue i think just that i've noticed in my social pages and some of the reading that i've done it's a very very divisive issue and that is that we all knew at the start of that game once north um had disposed of carlton um that jason horn was on the table um, yep very likely in north melbourne's form quite possible that they would roll us as well um and in which case um you know it was uh, the way that the points were uh, had fallen, that uh, at the start of that game, Jason Horn was very, very much on the table for us. And uh, unfortunately, um, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm one of those guys, I have to say that because I, I have been watching the draft so closely, as everybody here knows, and I just know how important 
of an acquisition that would be for our club going forward. And I guess, look, um, I was just a little bit disappointed, Fane, because I, I felt that it was one of the most, and I, I know that I, I know I said to you off air I was going to do the research. I didn't get around to it. <laughs> I, was so busy. I was so busy in lockdown. So, um, so busy doing nothing. <laughs> so busy doing but I didn't get around to it. But that that was I I'd, I'd be I'd almost bank on the fact that that was one of the most experienced teams we'd put out on the uh, on the park um, across this year, and particularly if you compare it to sides that we put out in the previous few weeks, where we had you know a number of kids running through those teams, um, whether it be you know, Phil Thorpe, Pedler, Yep, uh, Row, um, you know all, all all kids in their in their first in their first season and you know back for this game back came you know lynch was back murphy was back or Murphy played the previous week but you know we just it was the experienced team when you look at the hawthorne team it was a terrible side it was i just knew that um uh, the minute that we started that game that that uh, hawthorne had to jump on us there and i think you know to be honest hawthorne now looked to me to be very very much favorite work to getting the spoon and to the new catchphrase of Hawthorne. Yeah. So, uh, and well, it's going to really, I know there's a lot of people that, you know, don't take that view and I absolutely respect their people with those views. But being honestly, honestly, excuse me, honestly, we're going to be watching Jason Horn running around for Hawthorne for the next 10 years and it is going to hurt. Yeah, not a bad midfield, O'Meara, Horn and Mitchell <laughs> with Warple around the edges. Um, watch them watch them rebuild very quickly. Well, look, we had this discussion on Sunday night, and uh, we did uh, revert a little bit from the normal format to to get into this discussion because it was a fair debate, and uh, I made the point that I don't think that it was one quote unquote experienced player that was available for the Crows that wasn't playing. Um, yeah. Even DMAC was a Medi sub. Uh, you know, yeah. you could argue. Argue Crouch, but he probably wasn't ready. I, don't, I can't think of any other player that uh, that was experienced that uh, wasn't in the side. So, um, you know, that gives you a fair indication of what their intent was. It also... Yeah. It also... It, bel- it belies the quote-unquote rebuild, if you ask me. I mean, Wigan finished, uh, you know, anywhere between probably 15th or 14th and 16th, I would imagine in the wash-up yep. now. And uh, what does that get you? That gets you... That's a nowhere position to finish. You're not you're not playing for finals um, and yep. you're not getting the benefit of pick one or, you know, two. So I don't understand, Peter. I understand as a football club... Like, if you're talking about old-school football clubs and you go out and play every game to win and I don't have any problem with a team going to play and... To, to win, you know, any team would play to win on a given day. Even Melbourne in their tanking yep. days, the team that they put on the park played to win. They all tried. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's it's behoving on the selection panel and and the and the coaching staff and and the club in terms yeah, of exactly. a philosophy to actually put a long term strategy in place. And I don't see how that. That lineup that we put on the park against Hawthorne on the weekend had any any uh, view at all to a longer term strategy. No, that's right, and uh, you're absolutely spot on. No one, I would never ever want anybody 
to think or suggest that there would be any kind of situation whereby players would be going out there and not trying their best. And, I'm tr- and that is not what we're arguing at all. What And we had this discussion off air, but what I'm arguing is that for me, you know, play, playing, let's just say, playing a less experienced team is a no-lose option because, you know, they'll try their best. And you know what? They get up. Then you're absolutely right. The people that argue, look, we want a winning culture, then yes, that that's good. That's a good yep. thing, and yep. I, I wouldn't have a problem with that at all because you're, you know, you're instilling into the young players, you know, that that winning culture. But what what are we achieving, you know, by having Tex kick four goals against substandard opposition? You've got. You know, Billy Frantz and everyone's saying, oh, you know, Billy, oh, he looks good, you know. And, yeah, sure, he did look good, but he was playing against, you know, two kids, two key forwards in their first year. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, um, so to me, if you're going to, if you know, if, if you, the thing you can manipulate, of course, is selection. If you do that and you have a win, then that's great because, you know, if you've got some kids in there that, you know, play well, Good for winning culture. That's great. If you don't win the game, then you're in the box seat for Horn. But for me, we've not gone either way. We've gone, you know, for the benefit of the experienced players. And so anyway, that's just that. That I just can't see what the benefit was. Yeah. In that. Yeah, and I think as a broader statement, I I have a problem with the club. Um, making calls on players not being ready or whatnot. We've we've seen examples of of players being brought in when they're underdone or they don't look quite mature enough or whatever, and they've done really well. And um, the fact that we've gone through a season without seeing Fisher Mackesy, without seeing Lockie Gallant, without seeing um, Braden Cook uh, as as three prime examples... And we've had, you know, 15 games of David McKay, you know, 15 or 16 games of Jake Kelly. And and these sort of players, you know, no disrespect to D-Mac and Jake. And, and look, they've both played pretty reasonably um, uh, this season. Um, but we know what we're going to get from those players. What, what we're seeing from uh, Jake Kelly or David McKay is no surprise because it's what they've been delivering over and over again, season after season. And what better opportunity than when we're in this rebuilding phase than to throw the team around a little bit and, um, you know, see what other lads can do. And, you know, we have a situation where Ben Davis is probably going to get delisted at the end of the year after, uh, after playing two games of football in his life for the Crows, both in pretty extreme circumstances and not really getting an opportunity to to show his wares. Um, And now we're we're going to have a similar situation with blokes like Fisher McAsee and Josh Worrell, for example, who got one game and then was, you know, dethroned pretty pretty much straight away. I, I don't see the benefit. No. And especially not you know, against a team like Hawthorne um, who played a very, very inexperienced side. They had three players from their from their golden days. Three. Yeah. And, 
and also factor into you know three you know two three weeks ago against Essendon we had Billthorpe playing we had Pedler playing we had yeah you know Rowe playing we had and I've got no doubt that if you added up the games played experienced um, then it would have been a massive imbalance but look I mean, I, you know I don't want to I try as I said I, you know I, I try and be positive every time I come on and so I guess really I'll make my point that I was disappointed with the way that we handled that. But um, I guess in relation to the game itself, you know, Rory Laird played well, as you probably expected him to play well. Yeah. Um, I think probably the big positive out of it was Harry again. He's just, um, and, and congratulations to him on that rising star, which was well-deserved. Yeah. He's been oh, very, very well-deserved. Yeah. And, a, play, and a prime example, Peter, a prime example of a lad who has been kept out of that midfield rotation for the majority of the season. And you could argue that his tank's not there yet, and that's fair enough. But every time, every time he attends a centre bounce, he makes something happen. You know, mm. and, you know, we, we've seen over and over again this season, we've seen Sloan Keys and um, uh, Laird in the centre square for centre bounces. We haven't seen much yep. of Harry until recently out of the half-forward line. We haven't seen Sam Berry much at all out of the forward line. And if those two blokes are underdone, then let them attend some centre bounces and then rotate back to the forward line. Or give, the, yeah. give them, you know, short five-minute bursts. I, I don't see... I, the one that really annoys me is Sam Berry because I don't see how we have developed that kid's game at all this season. We, we showed faith in him to pick him from round one on the back of a really good pre-season playing in the midfield and we haven't given him a sniff. And last week he had three touches, Pete, three touches, that kid. And yep. you watch, he'll get dropped this week, uh, supposedly for out of being out of form. And yep. yet... I would I would put forward that it's not form at all. It's just the fact that he's being played out of position. Yeah, it was interesting uh, on the meet in media today. Um, they reported when they were talking when media was reporting on the rising star for Harry. Mm. It came out that um, in the report that uh, that Harry he a few weeks ago he'd got, he's had a conversation. With Nick's and he, he's demanded he wanted you know I want some midfield time I want some proper midfield time, but that was just that was just in just in mainstream media that came out today, uh, so yeah, that's unforgivable. Yeah, that that is I hadn't heard that Peter, but that is unforgivable, yeah. and that's an indictment on our coaching group. And you know we all thought at the beginning of the year, great, we've got a we've got an experienced coaching group and all the rest of it. But that's a philosophical flaw to keep Harry Schoenberg out of that midfield rotation. And here we are, you know, late in the season, he gets a run and he gets a rising star nom within three weeks. He's done a job on Parrish and he's had two good weeks since then. And he gets a rising star nom. He plays there all season. He's, he's up for a bloody, he's up for the award for God's sakes. Sam Berry yeah. could have, Sam Berry could, sorry, Sam Berry could have the same argument, in my opinion. And a couple of people, I think Anti Rabbit in the chat has said Barry looks a bit gassed. He may look a bit gassed, but the, the fact is that he should have been in those midfield rotations 10 weeks ago when he wasn't gassed. Yep. You know, if that's the case. So there's some... there's some. The 
the problem that I, the thing that I can't get my head around, Peter, just to round this off, is that we've seen these sorts of selection issues over several coaches, several coaching panels. We even we have a new footy ops manager. We have a we have a we've cleaned out the admin. Everything has changed. The only thing that hasn't changed is the selection philosophy that the crows seem to have. I don't understand it. Is it a cultural thing? And if it is a cultural thing, how could it have survived over multiple coaches and a, a complete clean out of administration? Yeah. Like, do you do you well, have any I, thoughts on that? Well, I mean, there just there, there does seem to be. Uh, look, I don't know. It's it's hard not knowing what the you know, is the strategy to get a season of S or two seasons of SNFL into these guys. I, I you know, I'm, I'm not sure, but it it does seem to repeat itself. And this, you know, we we went through the pike era of continuity, mm. and that was something that he. He embedded very, very, very deeply into the club was was the concept and philosophy of continuity, and um, yeah, there seems to be that's that still seems to be you know significant in the case. But we've done, yeah, we have done well in giving a number of guys a run this year, and I think that you know we perhaps go back to what we were discussing last week, and that's that is is that you know some of these kids have been getting a run, but they just haven't been getting run the positions they should be. And yeah, we've got Rory Sloan who's clearly injured. Yeah. Clearly injured, you know, 15 disposals um, from, you know, playing maximum midfield time. One centre clearance. Poor, the poor side is really isn't good enough. So, you know, those, uh, but, you know, will Rory play the price this week? I, you know, I'm sure he won't. Um, so, the, and I'm, you know, playing, play, playing experienced players that are injured is something that we've been doing for a long time as well. So, disappointing, but... The, the major thing that, for, that was disappointing for me was that with that, when, uh, you know, for I think for two minutes, two minutes thirty six for that game in total, Jason Horn was on the table, but um, at, when that final <laughs> siren went, um, he was gone, and he is gone. He there's no way in the world um, Hawthorne wins two games from here. Um, no, and um, I just couldn't help but turn off, walk away from the TV, thinking Clarko's done us again. Yeah, even in losing, he wins. <laughs> so he'll uh, he'll have uh, he'll have Jason running around in the brown and gold next year. I think North North. Look, I don't know. Just as a side issue, they, oh, I watched that game because I was barracking for them. Of course, he's saying look good. Their midfield just looked really, really zippy and really classy, actually. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, that but that was uh, it. Was disappointing. The the difference between North and us is that their old stages, Zebul and. Uh, and Cunnington, they're still up and about. They're still getting value out of Cunnington. They're still getting uh, good value out of Zebul, and Zebul's being played in a slightly different position. I've um, moved him out of the bit. Exactly, uh, and he's dangerous where he's playing, and that's exactly what we need to do with a bloke like Rory Sloan. I mean, Rory Sloan, 26 uh, tendencies on the weekend for one centre clearance. You know, he's yeah. and that's that's been the story all season. Um, it serves us in the chat a little bit, uh, back there said he wondered whether it was a case of the senior players uh, tail wagging the dog. It's it's kind of hard not to come to that conclusion, isn't it? It really... It's the only thing left. It's the only constant is that senior group of players. Yep. Anyway, 
We've done that to death. It'll be debated on and on, Pete, I think. Yeah. But I'm I'm in your camp. But, I think we've missed an opportunity. Yeah. But for the game itself, um, good performances. Lady was, you know, um, he was Lady. Uh, um, and, um, you know, Billy looked okay down defence. He'd probably persevere. Um, Himmelberg had one of his better games. Um, we talked about Harry. He was great. But Moose McPherson... Just started to recapture a little bit of last year's form. I agree with that. Yeah, uh, doesn't use the ball very well when he gets an opportunity. I do like. I don't. You know, I wouldn't mind. I almost wouldn't mind him pushing up to a little bit more crowded position because the way he can hit a target inside fifty is very, very, very mm. good. Mm. And I think he was playing a little bit further up the ground in the sandfall. So um, yeah, I think that um, his form is really encouraging. Yep. Um So that that's really good. Uh, Tex was Tex, of course. Um, wasn't a lot else, really. Um, what you what you thought, but uh, yeah, that that was pretty much how I saw it. Uh, there was some uh, good. I, I thought Chase Jones continued uh, yeah, his yeah. development. Yep. Uh, Absolutely, uh, you know, on Bruce and the other lad down forward, they kept kept their small forwards relatively quiet. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm on the fence about Frampton. I mean, I guess, you know, if, if there's a spot there to use him. Um, but uh, I still lament not seeing Fisher McAsee, whether he's ready or not. Uh, we know yep. that the SNFL can be a bit of a graveyard for players. Um, given well, especially that against Hawthorne, James. Especially yeah. against Hawthorne when they have three first-year keys. Yeah, exactly. Um so you know, um, but overall, I was really pleased to see um, Harry get a good run and, and make a good fist of it. I, I just, I think the kid's going to be a champion, as we, as I've said repeatedly. Yep. So uh, away we go. Can I get your opinion on uh, when you, you you're talking about Chase? Can I get your opinion? Do you think that uh, you're having a season consolidating himself um, as he's done it? Do you think now that will give him the confidence to push into the midfield for you know where he's chosen, or do you think that he's just carving himself out a, a niche role across half back? Look, it's hard to say. I think that I think he certainly does look more composed and more confident in himself, and his what he's doing now is far more decisive. Like he's making decisions a lot quicker in terms of whether to go for the ball or whether to hang back or whether to lay a tackle or whatnot. He looks more composed, uh, and his thoughts look more. Uh, he looks more collected, if you know what I mean. I still think he's yeah. a bit tunnel visioned as a player. There's been examples, even when he's been playing down back, where his peripheral vision has seemed to have let him down a little bit. Um, so I'm still. I mean, his pace through that midfield would be a substantial boost if we could utilise it. Um, yeah. But I don't know, Peter. I, I would say uh, my thoughts at this stage are he's going to develop into a, into a, a good to very good small defender. Well, you know, even if he does that, that that uh, that's that is that is good as long as I mean, if he can carve out a role for himself, then um, you know that's uh, that's excellent. Um, I did want to just uh, just monitoring the chat. Can I just respond to Hab? Domination um, oh, from yeah. YouTube. Yeah. Just wanted to clarify that um, I, don't, I don't think that Jason Horn, you would say, is just a, a local that Crows fans are talking up. He's pre-recognised nationally as the standout 
number one pick with possibly the exception of uh, Dacos. And in terms of the open draft, um, it, he'll be picked number one. And so I, I don't think it's a case of local people overrating a local person. Um, I certainly put my hand up that I've been here talking up plenty of the South Australian boys. Uh, but uh, Jason Horn, he, he is, um, he's recognised, you know, pretty much nationally as the the leading um, pick in the draft this year. Well, and it's not like last year where we had uh, two or three possibilities um, for pick one. Um, it seems pretty cut and dried. If you listen to most of the draft pundits, um, you know, aside from the, the, uh, the obvious um, uh, bidding picks like Dacos, uh, it's Horn and then the rest. Um, yeah, exactly. And you know, uh, um, Kaboom Nation. Just to just to continue on, he he's, he recognises how good he is, but he doesn't agree the spoon is worth it. I think the spoon is absolutely irrelevant. I think what the spoon represents is pick one, and pick pick one represents this year Jason Horn. So if you recognise how good he is, then like that saying. Hmm. I don't know. I haven't got an analogy off the top of my head. Anyway, let's well, not belabor like, the point. It, it's <laughs> like against. Been just quickly. I'll tell you what it's like. It's like it's like against St Kilda at the end of the game when Riley Philthorpe kicks the goal over his head. It's like at that point, worrying about that we finished last in twenty twenty. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent right, Peter. A hundred percent right. When you see Riley Philthorpe play in the colours and do those things and you see what he can do below his feet and all the rest of it. Does anyone give a rat's ass that we finished bottom in 2020? No. 100% right. Anyway. All right. Look, we've, we've probably uh, done that to death. Uh, let's quickly go through the injury list. Um, Lockie Murphy's at test this week under a bit of a cloud with an ankle, uh, irritated his ankle um, and had a little bit of pain. Uh, hasn't got any bone damage, so uh, he'll attempt to train. Nick Murray has recovered. Now, here's a question for you, Peter. Who we got this week? We've got um, Western Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Who Western Bulldogs have a dynamic forward line, and I would suggest that the best matchup for Ed Norton is actually Nick Murray. Does he yep. come in for Billy Frampton? It's a big call, isn't it? But uh, I think that Murray, it's tough because I reckon they'll, I'm sure they'll want to stick with Billy. Um, is that the best matchup? No. Probably not, but I, no. I, can't, I can't see him dropping Bill. I really can't. What would you do? Me personally, I would yeah. I would have given, I'd give Bill, a, would have given Bill a try there, um, but I'm not sure that I'd. I'd have him ahead of Murray to be playing on Norton. Yeah, you've got well, sorry, go on. you've got Jamara as well. Um, you've got a few other guys running around there. It's very, very difficult. It's a it's a difficult game. We're gonna we're gonna lose by a lot probably, but mm. it's a very, very difficult. Yeah. So um, you know, Franton represents a pretty traditional centre half back type bloke for me. Um, yeah. And will play on big forwards relatively well, I think. Um, but a bloke like Norton, with his dynamic lead and his ability to jump, 
Nick Murray uh, has his name all over that uh, yeah. with his good closing speed and his great leap. And uh, I I personally wouldn't hesitate to, to bring Murray in. He wasn't doing anything wrong before he no, was no, uh, it, left uh, out, yep, you know. Yep. So uh, we'll see about that. I we'll see, see that, that. Um, Matthew Clark has come out and said that Matt Crouch will not be ready for a return. They still they weren't happy with how he pulled up after the um, the Sandville game. So I'd be very, very surprised if we see Matt Crouch for a league game this year. Uh, me too. I think they've been rushing him back in to uh, showcase his talents and remind people that he exists uh, from other clubs. Um, but, uh, yeah, I... I the, the pro, the pro, he had surgery in May or something, wasn't it? And uh, I don't know it's big surgery, groin surgery to come back from. I was actually surprised that he was back on the park as quickly as he was. Yep. Uh, anyway, um, I don't think there'll be a lot of changes, uh, Fane. To be honest, I don't, I'd, <clears throat> I'd possibly marry to come back in. Um, I don't think there's anybody else because, of course, we didn't have our centre call on the weekend. Unfortunately for those players. So I'd be very surprised with the, the with the winning side that they'll uh, they'll make many changes. Possibly uh, Sam can... Berry, they might be the rest too. Yeah, I'm thinking Berry and possibly Murphy if his ankle doesn't come up. Um, don't forget that we're playing a top team in a unfamiliar location, Mars Stadium, yep. and that's the recipe to bring in blokes like Josh Worrell, Ben Davis, you know, for their one and only opportunity on foreign soil. It's the you know, it's the Ben Davis at Cadinia Park fixture, really. So we might yep. see about six changes, all with rookies, to get one game before they get delisted. <laughs> Fisher Mackesy comes in. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, that's a little cynical. Anyway, so, um, yeah, I, I agree. I, I would think Murray comes in. Uh, I think, uh, I'm not sure how Shane McAdam went in the weekend, uh, but I have a feeling he might come in for Barry. And because yep. um, uh, I probably want to give him a final run before the end of the season, and if Lockie Murphy doesn't come up, is there a possibility we might see Braden Cook? See, uh, Patrick in the chat says that, uh, and I didn't realise this, so thank you for that, Patrick. That uh, Rowie kicked five in the scratch match across the weekend, so he's had a big day out in the scratch match. Yeah, <laughs> a very, he's a very, very good player at that level. We know that. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Oh dear! I mean, All right. I mean, very difficult, very difficult side. Uh, very, very difficult game on the weekend. Well, yeah, the dog is in great form, having knocked off uh, the the main rivals uh, last weekend, and I don't see us getting anywhere near it. And if the weather's a bit rubbish, uh, which it appears likely, uh, playing on that cold deck at Ballarat, oof, no thanks. Actually, um, Inquisitor makes a good point. Lockie Scholl, I thought that he show, he was showing some very, very worrying signs on the weekend. So there's, a, I guess, a potential, another player that looks a little bit gassed, I think. Th- so that's a, a possibility. Yeah. A two that looked like they could be uh, in a bit of strife. Yeah, uh, Scholl to me looks like he's got OP, Peter. He's, yeah, got, no, he's, he's got no burst speed whatsoever. Um, and and it makes him look like he's tired, but he's like that after five minutes. Yep. And I, I just he's got yep. no push, and it's, and it's very much like Matt Crouch. 
when Matt Crouch yep. has got that grind thing. He's got no push. He's got no burst at all. And Lockie, Lockie is not a slow kid. Um, and he just looks so far off the pace at the moment. And people think he's tired. I don't know whether he is. I have a sneaking suspicion there's a groin problem there. Yep. Um, that wouldn't now, be surprised. We have to make mention, Peter, of the fact that uh, we had um, the AFLW um, <clears throat> draft. Yep. And uh, I don't know anything about these girls. Where's Nikki when you need her? She's not in the bloody chat or anything. Um, and speaking of chat, don't forget any of you guys. We've got, what's that, 369, 12, 14 people in the live studio audience. If any of you guys want to have your say um, and disagree with what Peter and I are saying, which is which is quite likely, um, stick your hand up now. So it's a prime opportunity. Um, we picked up Zoe Prouse at number 17, Peter. Uh, now Zoe, uh, she's 177 from Sturt, so she'd have to be good. Versatile, tall, with a big vertical leap. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just reading this straight off the website. Uh, she's an all-Australian... <laughs> all-Australian as a ruck uh, in under-19 uh, championships. Strong performer in the SANFL. Competitive utility. Uh, was in the 2020 SANFLW Team of the Year and finished second in the Coaches Award behind Rochelle Martin and Anne Hatchard. So that's not a bad... Uh, it's not a bad resume. Little CV there. Yeah, I had trained with the Crows uh, Academy as a 16-year-old, so obviously they've had their eye on her for a while. Um, at number 20, Brooke Tonnon, I think you pronounce that. Uh, Brooke's 106. I know that one. Yeah, from the Bays. Yep, and Mitchum. So Sorry, I'll just give Mitchum a shout-out there. Oh, Mitchum Hawks, eh? My old stomping ground. Yep. Ooh, I should have known that. Bloody hell, 166 centimetres. Um, half-back wing, excellent 21 season with the Bays. She got team of the year as, as a defender. Uh, so she's also got some good uh, recent performances on her resume. And then Abby Ballard at number 34. Looks like a Westies girl, yes. Uh, Peter, you should be all across this one. 160, so she's a small midfield forward. Uh, good skills on either side of the body and very tough by all reports. Six. Uh, sister of Charlie, who plays for the Gold Coast Suns, who's also a Mitchum, originally a Mitchum player. They punch above up out there, so I think I wouldn't be surprised if she had a kick of the ball as a junior out at Mitchum as well. So I probably have to take well. some. I probably have to take some credit for that being a, an ex-coach at Mitchum. <laughs> I don't know whether coaching C grade had anything to do with anything, but no, never mind. Um, yeah, so there's the three girls that we've picked up in the draft, um, and they all look like likely types. So we wish them all the best. Now, Pete, before we get into anything to do with the SNFL draft, boys, and uh, oh, we've got uh, we've got the Arab child, the Arab child. Do, do, do you like? The movie Get Him to the Greek, um, Peter. I haven't seen Russell, that one. Russell, you haven't seen Get Him to the Greek, Russell Brand. No, I haven't seen that. Well, one. when when it's a pity now because lockdown's finished, but you've got to uh, you've got to get yourself and get yourself and the wife around that one. Um, but the Arab child reminded me of that. Um, we'll invite the Arab child in. You've got the green light there, mate. Come in. How are you going? Good. How are you guys today? Good night, how are you? Yeah, not bad. Um, just uh, on the regarding the Horn and the Crows uh, situation, midfield situation, early in the year I heard about Dylan Stevens, 
who's also from South Australia, wants to come back home. Apparently, he wants to come to the Crows as well. So I was thinking that it's not really super important that if we don't get him, because we could also develop around Dylan Stevens. I don't know if, if you've seen him play or not, but he seems all right as well. But yeah, I just wanted to see what you guys think of him. And yeah, if he could uh, be a really good suggestion. And um, I've um, yeah, I saw a lot of Dylan. Um, uh, certainly in his uh, in his draft year and um, played some really really good league football for Norwood. Just hasn't quite been able to crack it at Sydney, but they're they're a really good team at the moment. And I'd be um, certain he'd be a really good acquisition theme. He would be just the kind of player that would be handy for the Crows. A little bit of outside run and carry, and a bit of uh, good use of the ball as well. So. Um, I don't know what he would cost. What would you think that Dylan Stevens would cost in a draft? I, I wouldn't, given the fact they haven't played him very much. Uh, he wouldn't think I mean, he would cost much, would he? Because he hasn't he played. He shouldn't. Yeah, you're right, Arab Child. He shouldn't, you know, and we shouldn't be looking at paying a first rounder for him, I don't think. Even oh, though God, he's no. Really, you know. no. But if you could pick him up for a second rounder, what, do, what would you think, Fane? Oh, I think, yeah, mid-second round, I think. Um you know, he was the first-round pick. He's yeah. been cutting the reserves. He's been getting 30 touches a week in the reserves, yeah. but he just yeah. can't crack it for the Sydney team. Yeah, what about Crouch? What do you think we're going to get for Crouch? Because, like, I was thinking with Horn and stuff, maybe if we get a few draft picks for Crouch, I wouldn't mind trading him so then we could trade up to get Horn as well. Like what Western Bulldogs did, they pretty much just gave us a bunch of crappy draft picks. You know, like we did get Rao and Roll. I don't know how to say his name properly. Um, but, yeah, I was thinking maybe we could do the same thing and trade up like we did, like uh, the Bulldogs did last year with us. Certainly always an option to try and, um, and I think we were just talking about this off air a couple of days ago, Fane, weren't we, about yeah. the fact that we do have a little bit of a shortage of draft picks, and I reckon I'd be very, very surprised there was some a little bit of um, word going around that Matt's already rejected the offer that was given to him and that he is, um, you know, um, a good chance to be out the door. Do you, what do you reckon of band three compo for Matt? I, I think so. It It's probably slipped from a two to a three simply because of the injury, um, Pete. I think someone will chuck a, a 750 a year contract at, at him, which gets him, gets him into that band three, um, you know, 650 to 750 sort of a year salary. Sorry, Gold Coast Suns would chuck at him like two million a year. Just watch. No, not even. They do. Not even a chance. Not even a chance. But they'll they'll give him a reasonable contract. Give a um, good and I reckon, Arab Child, you, uh, I think you're right. I think that what we've got to do is we've got to do what Port did in 2018, and that is that you just you, you start from the back of the field and you just start you know wheeling and dealing and trade and can just keep uh, keep trading yourself. I mean, they ended up. They were well behind us in 2018, Fane, and they ended up with bloody pick four or whatever it was to get Connor Rosie. So yep. you never know what can be achieved if you can wheel and deal and you've got a little bit to start with, just a, a few chips to get yourself into the game, get started. We've got next year's firsts and seconds as well, don't forget. Yeah, well, that's yeah. that's that's the key to next year's uh, first, depending on how we rate the draft next year. Um, Dylan Stevens went at five in the 2019 draft, so he's obviously no slouch, and like you said... Pete uh, does get the ball on the outside. What's his pace like, Stevens? 
Is he a bit one pace or has he got a bit of toe? No, he's got a bit of toe. He he, he played some really good league football. This, I mean, you can YouTube him. He's, uh, there's plenty of highlights from his league year um, in in 2019. And um, he was at you know, good pace at league mm. level where he's burnt, you know, burning players off. So um, playing on the wing for Norwood and, um, you know, he was a really, really good, uh, a very, very good player. Uh, excuse me, good player. So yep. um, that I would be, if, if the price was right, you'd, you'd get him back in a, in a heartbeat. And so would, you knows, would you take a like bloke that. like him ahead of a, a young lad like uh, Draper? Well, see, that's the question, isn't it? And that, that's where it gets really, really tough. To use, yep. sort of, you know, if, if a kid like Arlo Draper is, a, you know, if you think he's going to be available. Um, mm. So I don't know. Um, Hamish, you know, that's what he gets paid the big bucks for is to sort of mm. work out whether, you know, and also they they need to be across about what's happening with Dylan over there. You know, the reality is he hasn't been able to settle himself in the league side. And, mm. you know, are there reasons behind that that we don't know about? Is he homesick? Is it, I mean, who knows? Um, he's obviously slaying it in the reserves. He's getting big numbers in the reserves. Yeah. So, you know, the, the talent's there. And so I guess for whatever reason, he's just not fitting into Sydney's system at the moment. But that doesn't, you know, as we know from many past stories, that doesn't mean to say he's not going to fit into ours. So mm. um, it's a really, yeah. it's a, look, I don't know, mate, it's a big, big call. But I think it's a worth, it's, you know, there's been quite a bit of uh, talk about the fact that he does want to come home. And that might signal the fact that he isn't comfortable here, and that you know he he wants to he needs a change of environment. Yep. Thanks, Arab Child. Appreciated your input, you. mate. Much appreciated. Yep. Now we've got uh, Thorn Line here. Thorn Line. Thorn Line. My eyesight's going. Uh, giving oh. you the green light. Uh, line, come in, mate. How are you going? Yeah, good fellas. How are you? Pretty good. good. How are you going? Yeah, good. Have you got me? My line's all good? You're all great, yep. mate. No problem at all. I've got a um, <clears throat> rumour, um, well, it's a strong one, whether it comes to fruition. Um, oh, but Breaking closed... news, Pete. <laughs> um, one of my uh, friends who is very closely connected to a lot of people um, in the AFL, and he, he works in the media, but um, he's told me, a while back that three years ago, uh, the recruiting manager of um, St Kilda, which I think is James Fantasia, um, told him that they've got Brad Crouch and Matt Crouch signed, sealed, delivered. Um, and that was three years ago. Um, so whether that happens, because obviously their, their midfield now is a bit um, one-paced, uh, but that was what happened. And they were both sort of wanting out immediately after the camp as well. Um, so I think he's definitely gone. Yeah, look, I, I would not be surprised at that at all. Um, I think the guy you might be thinking of is James Gallagher. At um, Ah, that's it, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, Fantasia's still CEO at Norwood. But, yeah, Gallagher is the Nor- <laughs> yeah. next Norwood player. That he, Wrong guy. No, he, he's, yeah, no, but you're right. It's a James. It's James Gallagher. He's the recruiting manager at St Kilda. Um, so, yeah, yeah look, I, I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised to see that at all, Fane. Um, that would be, you know. Um, something that uh, is is quite possible to happen. Well, Matt Crouch, um, Matt Crouch is a Brett Ratton clone. Uh, you'd imagine that Ratton would love a bloke with uh, Crouch's inside abilities. 
Thelma, is that uh, was that the the extent of the rumor, mate? What do you think? That, do you think? Yeah, could, that's it. Oh, um, yeah, it, it's either that or Gold Coast is obviously the other strong candidate because you can get the cash. Um, and then the other one, which is uh, very strong as well, whether it happens or not, but um, Tom Lynch, um, the feeling around it is that he will either be gone or if he gets a contract, it'll be like a one-year, one of those weird ones where he does more um, leadership in the SANFL. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me um at all. They've been very, very non-committal on Tom, haven't they? they have. yeah. I was just about to say they've been quite lukewarm. Quite lukewarm about uh, Tommy Lynch, uh, which surprised me because I don't mind playing him. Um, and he's another one where you think, well, if you're not, if he's not moving on next season, then what the hell are you doing? But anyway, um, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all as if he gets a bit of a development coach type role in the twos. Um, oh, and Tom's left us. Um, but thanks for thanks for coming on, yeah, Tom. Thanks, uh, thanks uh, to both guys for coming on. We really appreciate it. It's really good. I, I've got to say, Pete, just quickly, and I know we, we the clock's ticking, but isn't it good to have this set up with people being able to come on and uh, and have a chat live like this? I, I'd love it. It's it's the best thing that's happened in the Crowcast for the last couple of years. I think uh, being able to I have this. Keep, uh, I do keep when I, when it does happen, though. I keep. I keep thinking that someone's just going to open the batting with you, a pair of dickheads. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've been waiting for that too, mate. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about, you idiots? <laughs> or or just, a, just an ad for the project or something. <laughs> Fortunately, uh... um, both, both guys today, thanks so much for your really good contributions and we really appreciate it. Good discussion points. Yeah, 100%. Drink up. Do we have a, a dump button? I don't think we have a dump button, do we? Oh, I can mute, but I'm not that quick. <laughs> my, twi- my Twitch muscles aren't what they used to be, so I wouldn't catch it, I don't think. <laughs> All right, just quickly, what did you think of uh, the buddy verdict, Peter? Just garbage. Garbage, and I was pleased that David King, who's been the most vociferous of the media uh, buffins to uh, um, talking about the concussion. And uh, he was uh, straight out on Twitter tonight and he was absolutely um, full of condemnation and um, just uh, says that, you know, really the AFL now, it's just um, uh, it's just hot air now, the AFL talking about concussion, if you're going to let those kind of things slide. The thing that got me, though, is, Peter, that we've, got, we've heard ad infinitum that precedent is not a thing in AFL tribunal cases, and yet, and yet the tribunal allowed Sydney to, to present three other cases as a comparison, pardon me, in terms of what the penalty should be and what the rating should be. And even though the AFL, even though the tribunal acknowledged that it wasn't within their guidelines, they still allowed the evidence and they still argued that evidence. But to me, yep. uh, we may, it's just, it's just, Two sets of rules going on. I don't understand it. No. If that had no. been Tex Walker, do you reckon? Do you reckon we would have been able to put up that sort of a defence? Six. Tex would have got six. Yeah, yeah. But because we want Buddy to get his thousand goals, because there's a fair chance he won't be playing on next season. Um, yep. You know, we've just got to let this the one. Slide. Industry. Oh, mate, it, it it drives me 
batshit crazy. It really does. It, I, I, you know, we know the reality, and yet still, I think deep down in our heart of hearts, we want we we believe in the justice of the system. And every time we get heartbroken, <laughs> oh shit. Anyway, look, uh, it's 9.20, Peter. Uh, we've done a little bit of talking about the SANFL prospects or the South Australian prospects, I should say. So uh, is there anything in oh, particular would... you wanted to add to that conversation before we close it up? Uh, look, the only other one I think is making a late run-up things is a, a lad by the name of uh, Zach Becker from your neck of the woods, Fiend. Um He's a, uh, a cert player yep. that's playing very, very good reserves football at the moment. He was terrific in the under-19s trial game and um, he um, has had uh, an, an incredible year with Scotch. He'd be red-hot favourite to win the SAS medal this year and, um, and as I say, he's, he was playing really strong football for um, under-18s. He's now playing really strong football in the reserves. He's about a 192, 191, playing as a key defender at the moment. Um, mm. You'd hope that he grows a little bit. Maybe not a need for um, the Crows, excuse me, but just a, a kid to to watch, particularly in the champs. He's playing really, really good football at the moment. He's a big kid, big size, and um, yeah. just a, a really, really good football. So he, he's handy. But I think that I mean, we should probably, um, I've been, had a very, very self-indulgent couple of months talking about the SA boys, and <laughs> we are just talking off air about that uh, there's a few boys um, from Victoria that we really should, and even Western Australia, that we really should have a chat about because I've got, you know, no doubt Hamish will be looking at kids like Ben Callahan and Ben Hobbs and yeah. these kind of kids that are shaping up as top five selections who are also, you know, outstanding midfielders and so yeah. um, something we should probably have a look at in future weeks. Yep, I agree, I agree. Well, Peter, it's been interesting as always. We thank everyone who's uh, joined us on the Discord chat and the Discord live studio and also on YouTube chat. It's been a very lively uh, chat tonight and good to have those lads on. I must also give a shout-out to Nuz, who's uh, been listening in tonight. Nuz, of course, on the Sensible Crow podcast. Uh, what, 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 what sort of a misnomer is that, Peter? Um, <laughs> Stuff, Nuz. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, no, good to have him along as well, and we love uh, we love a bit of sensible crow. Thanks, Peter. As always, uh, we will be back on Sunday night uh, with the rap show. But in the meantime, uh, stay safe, get uh, back into normal life tomorrow, everyone, and uh, you know keep your mask. So my kid's hating the fact that he's got to wear a mask at school. <laughs> uh, sucked, sucked in. All right. Uh, all right, Peter. Uh, have a good uh, rest of the week, guys, and we'll see you on Sunday night. Cheers, guys.